0: Hi diddly ho, neighbors. Welcome back. It is episode 135 of the SoCo Show. This is the co-host Cody Michael, joined as always by the ever-sighing Seth Ott.
1: That's copyright infringement. You're about to get us served.
0: Well, if they serve us, then we'll serve them back, and then we'll we'll have a dance battle. and we'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, guys. Uh, episode 135 is here. Uh I of course won the new release exam last week so we are still the so and co-host for the rest of this month. Um we got a lot of stuff to jump into. We're going to review some movies that came out over the weekend. Uh we're going to play some fun games along the way. We got some stuff to talk about. We're going to, perhaps our most topical episode ever. We're going to talk about uh the coronavirus and how it relates to uh the world of movies and TV um a little bit later on. A lot of a lot of fun stuff that we're going to get into. Um and uh, and a very exciting. We missed the boat. That I, I'm excited to hear uh, Seth's thoughts on the movie he saw this weekend. So uh, it's been good, man. Daylight Savings uh, has come and gone. So it's it's still light out here in Bend where I'm where I'm recording. Uh, it was a weird thing though, because typically Seth, you and I spend Daylight Savings days together. Uh, this is the <laughs> first time. It Seems like first time in a while that we haven't done that.
1: Well, I think last year we also didn't. But uh... mm.
0: well, I know we did last spring. We did Uh, because it just so happened yeah because that's when i was visiting was end of uh end of february okay Um, i guess early end of february early march um but last fall i think we missed that one too
1: okay maybe that's what it was
0: but for like most of our lives we just we didn't plan that we just accidentally (laughs) kept finding that we were hanging out on those days i mean we hang out on most days but uh, (laughs) (laughs) it it always happened that it was uh that it was those weekends um so it was watch it was but more yeah. of a bummer this year than than in past, but um, yeah. but that's okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. The change time always you know made us miss South Park episodes, so we got upset mm-hmm. about that. And do you remember that? I do. Yeah,
0: the, I I can still picture the Dish Network um, TV guide thing, <laughs> basically going "fuck you guys, no South Park tonight." <laughs> yeah, that was some bullshit, man. I don't like
1: that. Yeah, yeah. That's when we had to sneak around to watch South Park. <laughs> now I have yeah. to. S- now I have to sneak around and watch, like, Fox News. <laughs> 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 no, um, not really. I don't actually watch uh, any news.
0: <laughs> right. Wink. Keep up the sneaking. Uh, <laughs> you sneaky snake. <laughs> well, there you go. Immediately we've learned that Seth sneaks around and watches uh, Fox News, so that's good info. Um, we'll go forth into the episode with that new knowledge. Lots of fun stuff, guys, to get into. Uh, but before we do anything else, as always, we got to start with Chic tweets.
1: I call you a punk. This Chic tweet was actually sent to uh, at underscore Cody Michael on Twitter. <laughs> um, it, this, this this one uh, Iron Chic was it was given a shout out to the co-host, uh, and he said in the most sincere way at Cody uh, underscore Cody Michael, you are a jabroni. Hmm.
0: I don't know whether to be honored or humbled. Maybe both. Maybe I'm both. Maybe I'm honored and humbled uh, by the sheik telling me that I'm, I'm still a jabroni. I guess. I don't know. I don't know that I aspire to be not a jabroni. I just want to be the best jabroni I can be, you know, and uh, thanks to the iron sheik. I, I think I'm still on that path and I appreciate his encouragement.
1: I think so. I So, you know, t- again, talking about the coronavirus, cause that's all we're going to do in this podcast, by the way, we're only talking about the coronavirus. Um, uh that's what that's what the co and the soco show stands for. Um <laughs> the COVID-19 uh show. But uh no the, so Iron Sheik he's in the age range for that. He's you know he's he's in the he's in the uh, susceptible range for that. He's over he's over 70 I believe and um you know he's probably not in the best health after uh, years of pro wrestling putting stuff in his body. Um sounded gross. But he, he, I think they oh, that's I think the. nasty. <laughs> I think they need to give it to him, though, because if there's one person, one one being in this world that can make coronavirus humble and cure it for everyone else, it's the Iron Sheik. He's gonna, I think the cure to it's going to be putting it in the camel clutch, so once he figures out how to put uh, coronavirus into a camel clutch, that's when we're going to figure out the cure for it, uh, but until then, I think we're just wasting our time not putting uh, Co into uh, the Iron Sheik.
0: I think so. I think... Forget vaccines. We need to direct all that money instead to uh, getting coronavirus into the ring with the Iron Sheik, and he's going to break its fucking back, make it humble. I like it. Iron Sheik, going to save the world as always. I call you a punk. All right, folks, let's shout out our sponsors. First of all, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description box. You're going to get 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. Free! Mathis Designs, find our friend Steph on Etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all your stationery and graphic design needs. Pee! And of course, Mike's Wood. Find Mike and his wife Courtney on Etsy.com slash shop slash cornfedandwed to get that woodworked. (coughs) Ooh, that sounded, that sounded like, I don't know, gross. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) one more ad let's kick it over to our previously recorded selves to hear more about anchor. Excellent stuff as always folks if you want to become a contributor head over to our anchor page. There's a link in the description and you can contribute monthly to help improve the Soko show. God knows we need it uh, Shouts out to our uh, contributors and you know what Seth we got a new one. yeah we do I forgot about this until just now um, I'm gonna need to uh, I'm gonna need to get me some liquor here. Uh, because, welcome to uh, the contributor list, Anna Swanson. Shouts out to Anna uh, for for joining us up and and supporting the show. We certainly uh, certainly appreciate that. Um, so, shouts out to Anna. In addition to our existing uh, supporters, Mike V, Jared B, and Casey C, for uh, helping to make the show better. If you want to get involved uh, as a supporter, again, hit the link. Uh, go to anchor become a supporter if you can't or if you don't want to then uh first of all you know fuck off but also <laughs> just keep clicking on these episodes keep sharing them with friends every listen helps us make the show better so i uh need to pause for a quick sec and go get me some liquor hold on one sec all right here i am with a uh with a nice shot of uh, bullet bourbon uh that's that's the whiskey I have on hand right now. So, uh, here's to you, Anna Swanson. Thanks for uh, thanks for helping the show.
1: Ooh. How's that water taste?
0: I feel like I'm on shot ones.
1: <laughs> you would only wish you could be on shot ones.
0: I really do. I want to do that so bad.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, if you want us to take a shot in your honor on the show, uh, um, <laughs> then uh, then go become a contributor. <laughs> I guess I'm drunk now. Um, Anyway, where were we? Oh, yeah. Let's get into the show proper here, and we're going to start with some news. No time to cover it all, though, so we got to do these as quick hits.
1: We will start in the world of movies. Um, No Time to Die is delayed by 007 months to November 2020.
0: Mm. This is upsetting. I was looking forward to this movie. I just love James Bond, so this is this is a bummer. I understand it, but I'm a little upset. But here, November, save me.
1: Uh, South by bye Southwest, uh, South by Southwest festival is canceled due the due to or canceled by the city of Austin due to coronavirus fears.
0: Yeah, this is a big bummer. I know uh, our friend Jared was really excited Whoa. to. I think I accidentally double hit that. That's not <laughs>
1: cool. No, he's all around us. <laughs>
0: Uh, He was planning on going down, uh, had some big plans to produce some stuff down there, uh, and that doesn't get to happen now. So that's a bummer. Uh, Certainly, obviously, you know, public safety is is important, but um, I know a lot of folks who had big plans down there uh, are disappointed. So um, hopefully, and I'll say this, I'm I'm still, I'm going to be down in Austin. I'll talk about that later on. Um, Jared is still going to go, so I'm going to get to kick it with him. Um, We'll probably drink some shots. I don't know if there'll be video recording of it, but... Uh, so I'll get CJB, but uh, bummer that that South by is not happening. So uh, we'll see. I don't know what this is going to do to the landscape of like re- like movies that were meant to debut there. I'm not sure what the detail is, but I'm I'm you know it, it's too bad that this happened.
1: Well, There's even talks of them not even doing it going forward too. Uh, it sounds like it this wasn't necessarily something that they, I mean it's got it was they're going to lose money in Austin, but also this festival wasn't like apparently in the strongest condition anyway. Mm. Um, and so it sounds like it might not even come back next year, even if, you know, there is no virus anymore by that point. Hopefully not anyway. And then finally in movies, um, I spy with my little eye another delay as my spy is once again pushed back to April 17th.
0: God, fuck that movie. I don't want it. Get it away from me. <laughs> fuck oh, It got me a point last week in the new release game. Just fucking scrap it or put it out on VOD or something. Just quit it, dude.
1: Yeah, it was supposed to come out... Um, like last Friday, summer? but it was supposed to come out. Well, it was supposed to come out last Friday, but then it was pushed back to like this week on Friday, and then they changed it again. Do like with the the bond opening, they they swooped in on the bond opening. So we'll see. Hmm. All right, and then in the world of TV, um, a secret Tron Disney Plus show was uh, was recently canceled by Disney, making this the most useless piece of news this week. <laughs>
0: The thing we didn't know was coming is now not coming. I like it.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Taika Watiti to write and direct animated Charlie and the Chocolate Factory show for Netflix. Uh, rumor is Taika will be doing the voice for Wonka, Charlie, Grandpa Joe, the Oompa Loompas, Slugworth, and all of the chocolate.
0: <laughs> I... I, I, I get he probably wanted to do this. I, it doesn't seem like a project you'd do without wanting to. I, I just, I, it's not what I would prefer Taika Waititi be working on. I know that I don't get to say, tell him what to do, but I don't know. <laughs> it seems like there are other worthwhile projects that he could be working on. I don't know.
1: Probably. And finally, uh, in the best piece of news uh, this week, and probably in all weeks of 2020, uh, The Last of Us uh, is getting a TV series at HBO with Chernobyl, uh, creator and creative director from the game Neil Druckmann, uh, and will be based around the coronavirus outbreak. (laughs) Uh,
0: This is great fucking news, and I want to spend a slightly extended quick hit amount of time on this, because we've been talking about this, about the potential for this to be a movie or a show, and as I recall, this is the exact perfect scenario that we talked about. Like, let's get it on mm-hmm. as a as a series so that you can really expand things, and let's get it on a place where you can show everything and not have to pull any punches. Seems like HBO mm-hmm. is the perfect landing spot for this, man.
1: Yeah, oh, 100%. I mean, HBO is probably the perfect landing spot for almost any of the the Sony games that they could do um i think honestly god of war would probably be the perfect place for mm-hmm. hbo would be the perfect place for like god of war because they already in that hole they need to fill in like with that new big mystical type of show like game of thrones but anyway it's a good first step i think if this does well uh, it does open the door for sony to kind of be like all right here you go use all of our stuff and make some great shows um but yeah i'm very excited for it. the long form is perfect i mean the game is super long i think the game is like well maybe the game wasn't super long i think it maybe was Close to twenty hours or so, which is a decent amount of time. I know the Last of Us Two is also going to be like two discs worth of game, so that's going to be really long. But um, no, I, I'm I'm very excited for it. I'm interested to see what the cast uh, looks like. There's been a lot of stuff thrown around. Uh, I think we had a discussion about Caitlin Dever um, mm-hmm. from Booksmart, uh, which could work if they end up, you know, do eventually get down to like an older uh, Ellie. Uh, but I think they need to start with just really doing the same story and get a younger actress in there. So mm-hmm. really pumped. Uh, the people they have a, a with it are involved with it are great, fantastic Emmy winners with Ch- Chernobyl, Chernobyl. And then Neil Druckmann's done uh, like every great Naughty Dog game you can name. <laughs> so at least, you know, from since like PS3 on. So, I mean, it's 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 going to be exciting and I can't wait to see what they end up doing with it.
0: Yeah, and you got to be pleased to see that um, Druckmann, who was involved in creative for the video game, is also involved here because, you know, I I think that'll help to keep the spirit and keep um, the general vibe and also, you know, you're going to have to change some things, probably, and it's always better when, you know, the author of a book is involved in writing the screenplay, and this seems like the video game version of that, so that had to have been a nice thing to see also, that his involvement.
1: Yeah, I think that's the thing that kind of went under, under noticed here with this one is that everyone's like, oh, you know, Chernobyl, Chernobyl, and which is great, you know, that show apparently was fantastic. And uh, a lot of people said it was, you know, even better than when they see us last year for a miniseries. So, I mean, that, you know, that's, that's, that's high praise for him. But then you have Neil Druckmann in here and, and he, he's created, you know, hundreds of hours now at this point of some of the best games out there. So. Um, it's it's gonna be it's i think it's gonna it's gonna go real well I, I i personally think and i think with like uncharted coming out and there's a lot of stuff going around about that and you know some of the people they have involved if that doesn't do well they still have this at least and um they this could really turn around the way people look at because the witcher is out but that's also like more of a book like the game is based off a book and you know it kind of got mixed reviews and stuff fans liked it critics didn't i think this is one the last of us could be one that like really sweeps things in a different direction especially with you know it's it's zombies but it's not you know it's more of it's more of, it really is kind of like what we're dealing now the the clickers are like a spore uh that that's what infects the the people and they and then they turn into these creepy ass fucking things so You know, it is zombies, and, you know, zombies are still, you know, somewhat popular, but then you also add in kind of what's going on now with viruses and different things like that, so I think it could really, really work for HBO.
0: Oh, God, yeah. What do you think of the possibility that a show like this doing well will encourage people to then go buy the game?
1: Well, I mean, it doesn't hurt that Last of Us 2 is coming out now, and I I don't know when the show will come out. I'm I'm guessing it'll be probably a couple years from now, Um, but... You know, we'll be early in on the cycle of of PS Five at that point. Uh, my, you know, a year and or so to the PS Five. I'm sure they'll probably release like a a uh, you know a remastered version of Last of Us Two and maybe even the first one. Do like a dual pack around the same time uh, the show comes out to kind of help with sales. I think it all will help. I mean, the Game of Thrones books went up like crazy when the mm-hmm. show we got po- when got po- when the show got popular. So the sales went up like crazy. So. I think that's gonna happen with Last of Us. They would Sony would be dumb not to do like a remastered thing, you know, at that point, and that works perfect because they do that with the original Last of Us. They once the PS4 came out, they, you know, about a year into it, they remastered it. So I think that would that would work. I think that's what we'll probably see happen, and that that'll definitely help with the show um, and you know the game. I think it'll hand in hand will both really help.
0: Yeah, this is awesome news. We're gonna be keeping a very close eye on this because uh, we're really excited about it. So more to come on uh, Last of Us at HBO.
1: But that is the quick hits. And now it's time for Ray That Pun. Being a vegetarian was a huge mistake.
0: (laughs) B+. All right, let's turn to the world of TV, and we got another edition of the TV Corner.
1: Television!
0: Down
1: on the corner. Nobody puts baby the corner.
0: All righty, I've been waiting a while on this one because I know it's a show that you've been enjoying um, from HBO and finally had its uh, its documentary series finale this week.
1: Yeah, it's uh, the Bill Maher show. No, um... <laughs> Um, no, McMillions. We talked about it a little bit last week. Um, McMillions, a documentary series about the uh, Monopoly McDonald's scandal happened in the uh, late 90s or early, early 2000s time. Um, pretty freaking crazy story. I know that this was originally around, uh, started around a podcast, the whole story of this, um, but they really took it to, an, to another level here from what I understand. Um, you, you find some things out about the whole thing um, that the podcast really wasn't able to find out really based around kind of like the the motives and and uh, you know really the kind of like the who done it portion of it the podcast didn't get into so that was a lot of fun. they do a great job of dragging everything out you know kind of keeping you guessing um with certain aspects of it i mean obviously they they tell you up front like who you know kind of who did it and all that stuff because that's pretty known uh, if you do listen to the podcast but you know everything around it and how deep it actually goes having connections to the mob and having uh you know different connections to family members and non-family members and how they kind of branch us all out so that there really wasn't a way it you know kind of took um certain things to happen for this to come out but there really wasn't a way they, they really covered up a lot of things pretty smartly. So. Um, yeah it's, it's a crazy story Um. I think anyone who grew up around that time uh, with the Monopoly games will really enjoy seeing this because it was a huge part of our uh, of uh, you know at least from what I remember my childhood with uh, you know people getting those you know p- people went to McDonald's more because of it you know mm-hmm. it was proven just not only in this but just remembering back in that time um, you know we'd go out to eat every Friday no matter what and we'd go to McDonald's a decent amount because of you know getting the pieces and, and all that stuff and you know it turns out that no one really had a chance to, to win it because of because of what was going on and finding out how this all happened is pretty crazy because just the whole security around it to begin with is really nuts and they explained that in the first episode of like you know how they had to have certain security precautions through the printing because they wanted to prevent this type of stuff from happening and then by the end when you figure out how it all happened it's pretty nuts so um yeah it's it's a great story um it's it's uh one of my favorite documentary series that i've seen it's it something I was looking forward to every week, which was kind of interesting. I haven't, I I've been more binging these documentary series. So having to wait week to week was actually a lot of fun to do. And it makes me appreciate still that I, I'm much more enjoy the week to week stuff than binging, but mm-hmm. that's neither here nor there on this. It, it, it is a really great docu-series and uh, they keep it entertaining while also keeping it factual. I mean, they, again, it's not like don't fuck with cats where they show, you know, skylines of, you know, certain things, but they do, you have some, some stuff that they, that they, uh, you know, dramatize up a little bit and and stylize a little bit, but this is not also not as serious of a story as as the don't fuck with cats one. So, um, although it goes some pretty crazy places, but definitely recommend this one to everyone. Uh, you know, this is going to be a a movie, um, which the movie is going to be fantastic. I think um, if they follow, really, they just need to follow the story for real. Because um, even mentioned in the in the, the docu series, they're like. You know, this is a story. You, this is one of those like make your career files for an FBI agent because it's the FBI who's involved with the whole thing. Uh, they're like it's based. It, this is basically one of those movies like you know when you are in it, this is gonna be made into a movie and it's gonna you know Ben Affleck and Matt Damon involved and it's gonna be a good entertaining movie. So uh, definitely recommend the McMillions uh, docuseries. series. Six episodes, about an hour piece, and that's all on HBO now.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, six hours. This is something I am gonna I am gonna get in my queue. I don't know when I'll get to it, but I am hoping. Uh, to watch this because this is super interesting and you're right like this was a big deal and we were young so maybe we get roped into this stuff more but America fucking loves the monopoly game at McDonald's it's a huge it's a staple of American society now um mm-hmm. so I, I I think you're right that everyone's gonna find everyone has memories of that and it still goes on I think doesn't or do they not do it anymore?
1: Um, they've done it since. Like they figured it out. Um, I just don't know how often they do it anymore, but I, you know, I remember it a few years back, I think, um, mm-hmm. not too long ago, but yeah, they still do it. It's not like they were banned. I was, I thought they had quit, but, uh, because of the whole scandal, but, um, they actually, I mean, it, 9 11 basically kind of helped with not making this as big of a deal as if it would have kept going. Cause when basically when 9 11 happened, this is around the t- same time the story was coming out. Mm-hmm. And then obviously everyone's like, um, you know, focus changed, uh, rightfully so, and so uh, McDonald's was kind of able to to sweep that away, and then uh, you know the trials happened, and the news happened with the trials and everything that with with what happened with what was going on. But um, basically, it kind of helped their PR in a way because they were able to do it again once it was all fixed. So, and I'm sure they'll do it again, especially with you know with the movie coming out, like whenever that comes out, and this gets on an even bigger scale. I'm sure they'll probably do some sort of promotion just to kind of. You know like hey remember this (laughs) you know it's not rigged this time so
0: it's weird like things things that are supposed to be so silly and innocent like the fucking monopoly game mcdonald's and facebook and stuff like that now you know we're finding out we're so nasty in in different stages or at least bastardized by people outside of them uh, and now we're getting these like super dramatic like crime thriller movies about things like Facebook and <laughs> and McDonald's and it's um, I I I think it's interesting. It's really cool to see those things that we we always thought we understood exactly what was going on here and now uh, to see it in a new light. I think is really interesting. So I'm excited to check this out uh, when I get a chance. So this is HBO McMillions. Uh, all six episodes now available to stream. Uh, if you have HBO Go or HBO Now. So make sure you check that out. gets a recommendation from Seth in the TV corner.
1: Television! Down on the corner. Nobody puts people in.
0: All righty, we go on from the TV corner into a brand new segment. Seth, I'm going to need you to set this one up.
1: Yeah, so um, again, in our tradition of playing games, which we like to do, and I, I had uh, eight hours in the car um, to, uh, to, to think a little bit about what I've done with my life. And I decided to, uh, <laughs> c- c- come up with a new game for the SoCo show. So, uh, part of my, not, uh, honestly, not much of my eight hours in the car. Uh, was dedicated to this game. Uh, basically it's like SoCo Mad Libs, but, um, uh, we're going to take a plot of a movie or yeah, basically a synopsis of a movie. I'm going to take out a few, uh, words in the plot uh, I'm going to give Cody a basically, again, like Mad Lives, but a little differently. Um, I'll say things like um, like a profession or action or whatever, stuff like that. And he'll fill it in. Um, I will read back what he's filled in and he'll try, have to try to guess the movie based off of this rewritten uh, mm-hmm. plot synopsis. Uh, and so this this uh, new game in the SoCo library is called the SoCo Second Draft.
0: This is gonna be fun. Uh, I like this because it's it's gonna be trivia for me to do, but it's also gonna be hysterical nonsense um, for uh, for you to to navigate as well. So this is gonna be good. Uh, so what I, you you ask me some questions now? Is that what we do?
1: Yep. So I'm just gonna give you uh, so example for the first word that I need you to replace. Uh, it's going to be an action ending in S. I'll need action you
0: to- ending in S. Okay. I'm gonna say squats.
1: Okay. Uh, the second one is a non-physical thing, so something you, like you can't touch or okay. use.
0: Okay. Um, I'm gonna go with. Hmm. I'm gonna go with charisma. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, the third thing is an action ending in ing.
0: Ooh, okay. Um, Don't say squatting. Don't say squatting. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go with mopping.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And number four is a profession.
0: A profession. Okay.
1: This is the last one.
0: Uh, Dentist.
1: (laughs) Got those in there. All right. So the plot synopsis is... A thief who squats corporate secrets through the use of charisma-sharing technology is given the inverse task of mopping an idea into the mind of a dentist.
0: <laughs> oh man, if I if I could ever mop an idea into the mind of a dentist. Um. Wow. Uh, okay. I think I know it. Read it to me one more time, please.
1: A thief who squats corporate secrets through the use of charisma. Excuse me. A thief who squats corporate secrets into the use of charisma sharing technology is given the inverse task of mopping an idea into the mind of a dentist.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure that this is Inception.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. How did you get that? (laughs)
0: Yeah. For free for the win. Yeah! I got it because uh, Into the Mind of, uh, that was...
1: uh, Okay. Yeah, that's what I... I left that in there because I I don't want to make it impossible. Right. So so the actual... I'll read off the actual synopsis. Um, So uh, it makes more sense. Uh, So it's a thief who steals instead of squats. Corporate secrets through the use of dream-sharing technology is given the inverse task of planting instead of mopping an idea into the mind of a CEO instead of dentist
0: okay that's good i think the movie would be better if it were a dentist honestly
1: <laughs>
0: i don't think uh in fact i think our entire soko second draft is better than Nah, i can't even say that inception <laughs> <laughs> this is good this is fun uh this has been the newest segment we have the soko second draft Alrighty, we roll onward keeping it in the realm of movies we're going to talk about some fun ones here in mambo number five Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mumble number five. Alrighty, so this weekend sees the release of Vin Diesel's new movie, Bloodshot, which is based on a comic book, but not a comic book that is uh, a super popular DC or Marvel one, so we decided Valiant. to take, take that. It's a Valiant comic, uh, mm-hmm. which they're they're another, they're a pretty big one, right, in, in terms of the third-party ones? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Valiant Comics Dead, or sorry, Bloodshot, I almost said Deadshot, mm-hmm. um, uh, inspired us to take a look at some of our other favorite uh, comic book movies that are not DC or Marvel. So looking at some of the uh, smaller comics that have been adapted into film, uh, this will be a fun one. I'm excited to jump into it.
1: Number five. <laughs> Number five for me is the original Hellboy with Ron Perlman. Mm.
0: You know, I don't um, I don't know that I've ever actually sat and watched that movie.
1: To no, be with you. I I watched them later after they came out. Like, I think I watched them on FX or whatever, but, uh, they were fun. Um, I think that Ron, obviously, I mean, those, that was better than the new one. I didn't see the new one just because I liked the original one so much. Um, the original first two, I guess so much that I was just like, I, if this is getting such bad reviews, I don't need to taint my thought of Hellboy with that. But, um, you know, right away people, you know, talk about he, Ron Perlman stepped into that role of Hellboy, And and I don't think like people said David Harvard did a bad job. Really. I don't think it was like his fault from what I understand, but uh, Ron Perlman was kind of a hard, le- you know, hard level to step up to, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, and even like when it took place, you know, when this movie was made, the makeup still looked really good. The effects are still pretty decent. It was Guillermo del Toro uh, doing those. So, uh, you know, there's some good directing behind it um, in that genre. But, um, again, a lot of fun and, and, you know, had everything you'd really want out of a Hellboy um, comic. It just, unfortunately, it just, I don't think – that our Hellboy movie too, but I, I I don't think you know just had didn't ha- and like they were popular, but they didn't have like a huge following, and the movies didn't make a ton of money, so Del Toro didn't get to do his third movie, which he desperately wanted to do, and ended up making The Shape of Water, kind of based off of it, and and uh, won an Oscar for it. So who knows what the third one could have been?
0: Yeah, it could have been really dope. Uh, the new the new Hellboy from last year is fucking terrible. I don't think it's I don't think it's the fault of David Harbor. That movie has far bigger problems than just him, uh, mm-hmm. but I need to go back and check out the original Hellboys. I I, I think I saw the second one, but I, I don't I don't think I've seen the first one. Um, but uh, here's my number five, and it's one I suspect that you may actually have higher. Uh, I've got Men in Black at number five.
1: Yeah, let's kick that can.
0: Yeah, I thought so much.
1: Number four. Uh, speaking of kick that can, I'm gonna kick your ass with number four with kick ass.
0: Uh, no, you're not because I'm kicking that <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number four we probably have a lot of the same probably um, yeah because I I bet I did a I did a Google search I was like, okay, what are some what are some movies that fit this category in I bet you we saw some of the same things and I know we have a lot of the same taste when it comes to these uh, at number four I have uh this was a nice surprise edge of tomorrow. So this oh, is fuck. yeah man I was edge gonna put tomorrow. that in there. Otherwise ah. known as uh, Live Die Repeat, this is Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. Uh, I've heard rumors that a second one of these is in the works. Essentially, this is Groundhog's mm-hmm. Day except for uh, it's a war. So uh, Tom Cruise is a is a soldier that fights in this cool ass mech suit, and every time he dies in the war, he gets reset back to the first uh, back to the beginning of that day. Uh, it's kick-ass action. I think super underseen and underappreciated, which is a bummer. But this is—I mean, Tom Cruise is doing Tom Cruise. Emily Blunt is oof. she's 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 kicking some ass in this. Um, and it's just a really cool, interesting, tight sci-fi movie. Uh, it doesn't get tight. too doesn't get too out of its. Um, oh, it doesn't bite off more than it can chew in terms of conceptual things or anything like that. It's just a nice couple hours, fun action. Great Tom Cruising. Just Edge of Tomorrow is just dope, man.
1: I probably would actually, and I looked at that on my on the list that I saw, and I just forgot to put it in there. and So I probably would actually put that at number three, so I would have kicked out this other one that I'm going to go next with and moved it down. But mm. Number three. Uh, the number three that I have that should be Edge of Tomorrow, I actually have Kingsman there.
0: Oh, we have a tie. I have it there as well.
1: Okay. Well, you like, I think you like, so, herr. Because the second one really soured me on the, these movies. I mm-hmm. the the further I get away from the second one, the more I hate that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I like I really do like the first one quite a bit. I thought it was a great movie. Um, you know at the time, and I I you know I hope the future ones are better uh, than the second one. But um, you know I think that what makes the first one is, is really like Sam Jackson and Sophia, Sophia Patella. Batella Patella, Patella. Is that her name? Patella. Um, she, th- those two are great. I think they—they're really what makes that—that that movie. Um, and then probably you know the relationship between Colin Firth and and Taron Egerton too is is really good. But. Um, just the, the aesthetic and, and the, the comedy with it and um, you know, some of the fun action, with especially that church scene, all that. Uh, I just don't, I don't know what they lost. I think, honestly, the only thing they lost was a really good villain in the second one, and they kind of tried to overcompensate some, some things. But the first one, I think, is a really great movie.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think the first one, and I think one of the things, this happens a lot, is the first one came so out of nowhere, you didn't know what to expect. And mm-hmm. so the second one wasn't surprising at all. And so it loses some points there and also I think they dove I think they dove maybe into the wrong things in the second movie like the things that they thought we loved about Kingsman were not the things that they highlighted in the second movie um, or were so they thought oh they want really extravagant uh, super long fight scenes set to music and so they just did that again and a few of the other things were just like repeated gags from the first, and so they didn't land as well because you knew what to expect this time. Uh, I like Kingsman two more than you do, but I still don't. I don't love it. But Kingsman one, I think, is indelible. I think um, you got the rags to riches story with Eggsy. You got some kickass action, great soundtrack. Uh, you're right about Sam Jackson. I think Colin Firth is amazing in this. I really love his character. Um, yeah. And you get to, and they set the table of this entire, you know, the the lore, the background of of the Kingsman. Um, is being described to you in this so I, it's tough to beat a really good origin with a sequel uh, which is I think what was the downfall of the second but I'm excited to see where they go with this the King's Man the the prequel comes out this September so I'm, ex- I'm interested to see where they go with this property but you're right they need to get this one right or people are going to get off King's Man entirely
1: yeah uh, <laughs> number two uh, number two is the can kick from earlier Men in Black mm. here comes the Men in Black mm. 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 <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even realize till a couple of years ago that it was based off a comic book. But, uh, you know, I, this is one that I've seen probably a thousand times because of movie channels and and all that stuff. Um, I was I really loved that I had a like one of the Neuralizer things. I had the Men in Black video game for PS One. Um, I honestly I, I really like all of the Men in Blacks up until International. That one was complete butt, but. Ugh. Um, I, I have a soft spot for men in black Two, and even though it's not very good, but I still enjoy watching it from time to time. And men in black three, I think is better than people, what people give it credit for. Um, but men in black one, of course, I mean, Vincent D'Onofrio is the <laughs> sugar water <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> is the best. Um, is Rosera Dawson, Rosara Dawson's the second one, I think, isn't she? Or is she no, the she's first the first
0: one? Yeah. She's the medical she's examiner.
1: The yeah, that's right. Um, just I mean, overall I mean Will Smith is fantastic one of my favorite Will Smith roles um, you know he's cocky funny but then you know of course l- learns his lesson by the end of the movie like you know like any good uh, movie like that does and then Tommy Lee Jones like their relationship uh, J and K is is the best so I love Men in Black it's, it's always just an easy fun watch whenever it's on
0: yeah I just caught this not too long ago again and it, it holds up pretty well um, this was probably my introduction to Will Smith I think back in the day when I was pretty young um, but you're right. They're they're perfect. This is perfect buddy cop um, because of the way that they play off of each other. And this is I mean he's the fresh prince. That's he's just doing his Will Smith thing, and and mm-hmm. um, he made a whole career off of uh, the strength of this and a couple other hits in the late '90s. So um, I really like Men in Black. I do not not quite as much as you. I wasn't as on board as a kid. I liked it, but I didn't. I was I didn't like become a fan of it. But um, I agree. I, I think I also agree with you. I think Men in Black three is really good. I don't think he gets enough credit, but International is god-awful, so let's just focus mm-hmm. on the first three and say that it's good. <laughs> uh, I also have a can kick from number two. This is Kick-Ass. Uh, Kick-Ass is one of my... I probably like Kick-Ass an unreasonable amount. Um, I've, I've been... Ever since I saw it the first time, I've been totally in love with the character and the world that this movie inhabits. Again, uh, the second Kick-Ass, not nearly as good, um, but... Uh, it has his moments as well. But the first Kick-Ass, you know, it came out of nowhere. Uh, it's also Matthew Vaughn uh, who did Kingsman. So uh, no surprise that I like both of those. I think they they trade on a lot of the same things. Uh, Dave Liszewski, uh played by Aaron Taylor Johnson here. This was his breakout role. Um, you have uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, his hit girl, her breakout role. Um, Nicolas Cage in one of the last movies I liked of his. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's, he's doing, he's uh, kind of restrained in this in a way that you rarely see him anymore so that was good wow. they got a great until great villain end. until the end take cover child uh, <laughs> <laughs> now switch to kryptonite yeah, I, yeah. Uh, Mark Strong plays a great villain uh, Kick-Ass is Kick-Ass is one of my favorite superhero movies period um, and I just think I don't know it's another Rex to riches nerd becomes a tough guy kind of stories and has great violence and great music and all that stuff it's just just a nice, it warms my heart to think about, which is weird because it's so violent.
1: <laughs> that, well, it just every time I think of that movie, I think of Nick Cage being set on fire.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know what I forgot to say about Men in Black? Uh, literally four days ago, uh, this, past, this past weekend, uh, someone, uh, it, my girlfriend was drinking some water and she thought something was wrong with it. And she said, I think there might be sugar in this. And I went, sugar water.
1: <laughs>
0: and no one around me understood it. And I was so pissed. <laughs>
1: i would have laughed my ass off (laughs) number one all right we'll say it on the count of three ready three (laughs) two (laughs) one
0: scott pilgrim versus the world right
1: yep yep
0: (laughs) why don't you go i've blown this movie enough why don't you go
1: no you go ahead i I know you you like to flate this movie any chance you get
0: look uh it's a perfect movie that's it um this is uh this is edgar wright at the height of his powers.
1: I, everyone knows what the fuck this movie is we've talked about this is the movie we've talked about most on on mama number five easily
0: yeah it's number one i considered i considered removing it from contention like i was <laughs> i was gonna open the segment by saying i'm not gonna include scott pilgrim uh but then i couldn't i didn't have like a sixth one in waiting that i could replace it with so i said fuck it it actually is the best so i'm gonna give it to it um this movie is not only based on a comic book. This movie is a comic book. It's it, it's as close to watching a live comic as you're probably ever going to get. Um, I think the cast is incredible. What, what, what this cast has gone on to do, I don't know that there's a better... When you consider the entire career of a single cast, I don't know if there's a movie where you can find a better cast. I honestly don't. I, it, it totally crushes ass. It's funny. It's It's got romance. It's got action. Ocean's Eleven. Uh, maybe Ocean's Eleven would be one. <laughs> Uh, or oceans twelve or thirteen, um, but uh, yeah, it's perfect movie. It's my favorite movie. It's the reason that, that the reason I'm dating my girlfriend honestly right now is because of Scott Pilgrim. So um, hard for me not to put it at number one.
1: You said it all. The reason I'm dating you is because of Scott Pilgrim.
0: <laughs> it's a love connection created by Edgar Wright. I love it. Uh, I said this a second ago, but I, I I don't have any honorable mentions. Do you have any that you want to add?
1: Well, Edge of Tomorrow would have been that. Mm-hmm. um and then also uh the mask jim carrey's the mask
0: yeah yeah i do like that that's as much as um showtime like we talked about uh, will smith is just is agent j uh jim carrey that role was made for him like that was he that's,
1: is a mask
0: yeah he is a mask <laughs> yeah that's a good one i didn't again this is another one that it came out when we were kids and a lot of kids really loved it and i i didn't love it as much as everyone else but I still recognize it as really good oh. and I think it's one that showtime be... is
1: it's showtime is Beetlejuice it's party time is the mask what I said it's showtime and that's Beetlejuice
0: oh okay <laughs> um that's one that I would love to revisit that as an adult because I'm sure there's a lot of stuff I never understood um in that movie because I know it's got violence and sex and things and I that stuff all went over my head I probably haven't watched that movie in god I bet it's been 20 years since I watched *The
1: Mask*. When when did you last uh, watch *Son of the Mask* with uh, Jamie Kennedy?
0: I've seen that movie zero times, so I can't tell you <laughs> about that. <laughs> Except for that, they go they they never they didn't go makeup with him. At least some scenes they did makeup on Jim Carrey. I don't think they ever did makeup on Jamie Kennedy. Am I right about that? They went total CGI with that? Nah,
1: I don't remember. I I think so, but I I don't remember. Yeah.
0: Anyway, *The Mask* is an honorable mention. *Scott Pilgrim* obviously tops our list. Of the best third party comic book movies this week for Mambo number five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. Honestly, I'll fight anyone who doesn't love Scott Pilgrim. I really fucking will. All right, we continue on and let's get into this week's edition of Making the Quota. What's your name?
1: Fuck you.
0: That's my name. (laughs) My name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote. Alrighty, Seth has pulled a quote from a film, and I need to figure out what movie and who said this quote. What do you got?
1: Um, really, I just pulled this. I think you'll be able to get it pretty quickly. Um, well, by the end of it, I'll say you'll be able to get it. Uh, but it's a, uh, it's it's an honor of an actor who has a movie coming out this week. Uh, so I just I saw this quote, and I you know I thought you know what I'll read this one out. So the quote is: From this position, it is relatively easy to manipulate manipulate your opponent. Thus, we have the chicken wing, the arm bar, the crowbar, and my personal favorite, the pacifier.
0: Yep. I <laughs> I, I don't know why I watched that movie, but I did. Uh, yeah, I did too. Yeah, that's Vin Diesel's pass, The Pacifier. Uh, Brittany Snow is in that, though, and mm-hmm. she is rather pretty. So if you're looking for a reason to watch The Pacifier, that would be one. Um, I, I thought you might be... Uh, I remember that Bloodshot comes out this weekend, so I, I thought you might be going Vin Diesel. So, what I was hoping for would be, uh, was going to be either I live my life a quarter mile at a time, which is from seven movies. So, that would have been a hard one to, <laughs> to come up with. Um, or my other, my other guess was going to be I am Groot. That would have been pretty <laughs> tough.
1: That's a, that's a hard one.
0: Yeah. I don't, that would be a. Uh, hit us up on Facebook or Twitter if you know where that's from. Uh, SoCo listeners. <laughs> we are at SoCo Show Pod. Vin Diesel in The Pacifier. <laughs> I I didn't know I was going to be saying that this this episode. Uh, Vin Diesel <laughs> in the pacifier for making the quota. What's your name? Fuck you! That's my name. <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote. I'll say this about the pacifier: not a horrible movie. It was it was and, it was enough.
1: And when did you last watch it? It's been a while. <laughs>
0: it's my parents still had their house in Owine if you remember that. So mm-hmm. that was that was at least 11 years ago. So
1: it's Yeah, it's it's been so long uh since I've seen it that the house I watched it in is no longer standing. So
0: <laughs> and your copy, your DVD copy of the Pacifier is is among the rubble um where where the house used to stand.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I flushed it, so it's it's somewhere in there. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. Uh, let's talk about some more movies. And uh, we're about to get topical on your ass. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set?
1: Movies.
0: All right. So big in the news this week and the last few weeks, uh, additionally, the coronavirus. Uh, we've started to see movies get moved around. We've started to see South by Southwest get closed. We saw uh, travel Cut. is being changed for a lot of people.
1: Coachella got postponed to October today.
0: Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Coachella's postponed. Yep. So uh, coronavirus affecting a lot of things. Also, uh, it's affecting <laughs> what people are watching right now. Uh, it turns out over this past weekend, Contagion, a uh, movie from a few years back, uh, which basically is a dramatized version of a pandemic, uh, became one of the most watched movies on on all streaming services and rentals and I think Netflix and uh, basically, a lot of fucking people are out there watching *Contagion*, which I think is interesting. I, I, I was a little bit surprised to hear that. I, I consider movies to be more escapism, but a lot of people diving right in. They want to watch uh, *Contagion*. I don't know whether it's going to freak people out more or, or put their mind at ease. But, Seth, what do, you, what do you think about? What's your preference when event when real events are going on? Do you gravitate toward movies that reflect those in in dramatized fashion?
1: Um, no. <laughs> I like to stay as far away from that stuff as I can. <laughs> no, but, yeah, I like to stay away from that stuff. I don't like to, you know, I think about... Because, um, y- yeah, you, you, I mean, in Iowa growing up, we, you know, had tornadoes and shit. And, uh, you know, I don't like watching tornado or natural disaster movies. Um, even even if The Rock is the hero of the natural disaster movie, I don't want to see it. So, <laughs> um you know it, it's especially stuff like even like like contagion like that that stuff is even more to me even more of a of a, re, a real possibility than you know than something like a natural disaster movie because with most with the history we have natural natu- natural disasters like you know hurricanes tornadoes all that stuff um you know most the chances of them being that catastrophic are pretty slim uh, or you know might end the world but um, you know, we don't know about anything that could happen with some sort of virus. Here we go with the you know the the uh, coronavirus. So you know it, it's really those ones especially I don't like watching because it does feel a little too real.
0: Yeah, it's and that's a good movie. I've seen it. It's, it's really, really well made and, and I think I think pretty realistic. I, I just don't get especially in that movie's case, it there's not I, I hate to spoil this for everyone. There's not an uplifting finish. Like we don't win at the end of that movie. So <laughs> I don't know why it's weird. I think it's I think it's a um, a morbid curiosity, right? And there's all sorts of other movies that trade on the same thing, right? It's like here's this horrible situation and moviegoers are like, Oh, I want to see you. Yeah, let's let's look at it. It's interesting to me that that, you know, um, it's it's how similar it is to actual current events going on that it's driving people toward it uh, is an interesting thing to me. Cause I'm like you, I don't, I avoid things like that. Uh, I've talked on this show about avoiding uh, war movies uh, for the most part because my brother is a soldier mm-hmm. right now. So I, I, I don't, I don't do that same thing. I am an escapist. I, I definitely think there's a, there's a place for like historical, you know, if we're further removed, like if we, if, uh, if, if coronavirus becomes the next Zika or Ebola and we beat it relatively quickly and easily, then that's one thing to then after the fact, look back on it and say, Oh, at least it wasn't as bad as that. Uh, same mm-hmm. as like world war one and world war two movies now, or they're a little easier to watch cause that shit happened. But like, you know, something like the hurt locker, um, which was set in current times, you know, and there's actual real life now shit happening that relates directly to that. Um, you know, while I wouldn't have gravitated toward it, it also it did win Best Picture, and a lot of people went and saw it. So <laughs> maybe you and I are the outliers. Maybe people do like this kind of stuff, and I think it's a little masochistic myself. It's not my style.
1: <laughs> yeah, may, you know, maybe people are watching it because it's a you know a cautionary tale, or maybe they're learning to maybe trying to figure out how to how to beat the the coronavirus. I don't know. Maybe they just like Matt Damon. Who who knows? But um, that's who it was, right? Matt Damon.
0: Yeah, Matt Damon and Brad uh, okay. Caltro.
1: Okay, so, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I like Matt Damon, but I'd rather watch Goodwill Hunting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I absolutely would, too. Um, there's been a lot of effects rolling out uh, over COVID-19, and we, we talked in the past about theaters and whether they're shutting down. I'll say this. my I went to uh, 7 o'clock showing. I'll, I'll give my quickie review of this movie a little bit later on, but I went to Onward, the biggest re- one of the biggest releases of the year so far, Um On Sunday night at 7 p.m. in an IMAX show and was alone in my screening. So I definitely think that the virus is affecting people going out and doing stuff. I I hope that it doesn't continue to affect things like movies coming out and film festivals, but I I honestly, I think it will. Uh, And, you know, it's not our place. We're not scientists on this show, so it's not our place to say how necessary that is, but uh, I... I'm all for it keeping most people away I'm because I'm cool with being alone in movie theaters. It makes my whole experience a lot more enjoyable. Mm -hmm. But if it got to the point where they were shutting things down, I would be very bummed out by that for sure. Um, And who knows whether we get to that. But at the very least, uh, every fucking movie about a pandemic or epidemic is probably about to become available on Netflix (laughs) because they're not idiots over there
1: yeah and speaking of netflix i mean that's one thing that i've been thinking a lot about with everything that's going on is just the consumer side of things because obviously we've seen um you know toilet paper um being bought up like crazy and and people buying bottled water which um the the water one doesn't make any sense to me at all um (laughs) Because like someone made made a good point that they were like so people buying up all this bottled water, do they think just like the faucet's gonna stop working?
0: <laughs> yeah, no shit.
1: Um, and then like the, the symptoms of coronavirus aren't that you shit an extra <laughs> bunch, you know, you're going to be able to get it. If you have it, it's going to last a couple weeks and then <laughs> you're not going to shit your brains out. Even if for some reason you get diarrhea, uh, I don't think you're going to go through two weeks of toilet paper and in, in like a day or anything like that. So yeah. like that stuff is like funny because all like the, the bottle water companies, the hand sanitizer companies, all that, they're like pumped. Mm-hmm. um and they're not coming out and saying like no you don't need this stuff they're just like yeah keep fucking buying it like if you go on amazon right now um, or they, at least a couple of days ago like a, a 10 pack of PRL is like four hundred dollars um and now, like, all of the, the generic uh, hand sanitizer companies are, are buying or, uh, like, selling their stuff for, like, normally, like, $3. It's, like, $10 a bottle. So, everyone's capitalizing on it. But you think about, like, movie theaters and Netflix. Like like you said, you've seen the impact already, presumpt- pre- presumptively, with uh, Onward and, and that type of thing. I haven't really noticed. I mean, it's a slow time of, time of year anyway. Yeah. Um, and so like the movies I went to this week I mean I wish that the the one of the people the two of these people that I saw the way back with would have uh, you know taken the the coronavirus um, warnings seriously and not shown up because they didn't stop talking the entire fucking time Ugh. and I wanted wanted them to you know maybe walk into a cruise ship or something like that but um, <laughs> but uh, you know it, it it'll be interesting to see because like Netflix they're gonna want this um, you know voodoo and and and, uh, you know, obviously they don't want people to have the, the coronavirus, but they're going to want people to stay home and be afraid of it, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're going to they're going to do the, you know, I could see them maybe releasing, you know, a series early or really, um, you know, re- releasing a movie early or something like that. Uh, maybe Disney, you know, releases, uh, you know, I don't think they'll do it, but maybe they release Like if it gets real bad, maybe they release Mulan on Disney Plus, like a couple of weeks after it's out in the theater, something like that. You know, if it does get to that bad, really bad point, but they still want to, you know, capitalize uh, financially on their stuff, um, you know, maybe they do something like that. Who knows? Because, you know, if you release Mulan on Disney Plus two weeks after its theatrical release because no one's going because they're afraid of the virus or can't go, maybe the CDC says you can't go anymore to the theaters, they close them down. um, Maybe they're like, oh, well, maybe we'll increase our Disney Plus subscriber count, which is going down. Uh, they've, They've seen a lot of their subscribers go down. Maybe they throw Mulan on there. Um, you know, I don't expect that to happen, but you know, you never know. You never know stuff like that could happen. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how further this stuff goes. Maybe theaters try to, maybe theaters try to get people out to the theater more. Um, say, you know, this virus isn't as bad as you think, or you know, as long as you're clean, you'll be fine. Come to the theater, we'll give you two for one tickets, or something like that. You know, it's it, for businesses to save profit and save face a little bit. Um, I think we're going to see some interesting tactics if it continues to get worse.
0: Yeah, certainly. I think, I think you're right. I think there's going to be, you're going to see some creative shit. And, and I think I obviously, you know, we're sensitive to the fact that there's people dying and shit, but like, I'm interested to see how that stuff is going to happen. Like, you know, what changes are going to be made, what movies are going to be moved, what theaters are going to close. Um, I, I think the people like buying up all the TP and fucking water and stuff, I, I think in their heads, they think that I am legend is happening right now. And like Mm -hmm. they're they're gonna need like civilization is gonna crumble. That seems pretty extreme. I also don't think like if civilization crumbles, really, is that what you're gonna do? Is hole up in your house and fucking drink water? Like, (laughs) you know? Um, Right. But uh, if if I am legend is what happens, then I'm Will Smith because I'm fucking I'm still going out and cruising and um, going to the movies. I'll fucking go by myself. I don't care. So um, just I just hope I don't have a dog. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) Uh, Contagion, if you want to watch it for some reason, is available on Netflix now, uh, or you can rent it via all the other streaming uh, services. So uh, keep an eye out for more movies about infections as we deal with uh, with COVID-19 and the coronavirus. Um, and let us know on uh, Facebook and Twitter at Soko Show Pod. Uh, are you gonna rush out and watch uh, watch Contagion, or I should I should say, stay in uh, and watch Contagion? Is this <laughs> is it something that uh, you get excited for uh, as it relates to current events? Let us know uh, what your thoughts are. All right, we continue forward, keeping it in the realm of movies, but uh, back to another silly game. This one's called Thesaurus Theater. Thesaurus. Theaters All right, Thesaurus Theater. Uh, One of our newer segments here. Uh, Seth has basically taken the uh, title of a movie and completely bastardized it with synonyms. And uh, I'm going to need to try to unpack the movie title that he's trying to read me.
1: Uh, Bastardized. Um, This one's a little shorter, um, but, uh, you know, I think you'll understand why. Uh, This title is The Rigid Mammoth.
0: The Rigid Mammoth.
1: And the is the, so you don't have to try and figure that out.
0: The Rigid Mammoth. Um, Mammoth. I don't know if I'm on the right track. Can you give me another hint?
1: Yes. Um, the reason I said you'll understand why is that it stars someone with a movie coming out this week.
0: <laughs> oh fuck. Huge. The veil. What the fuck are some Vin? Diesel? I don't know. I just all, all my entire Vin Diesel filmography just went out of my ear. Um, what?
1: He does a voice.
0: Oh God damn it! Yeah. Okay. It's the iron giant.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Wow. You said, I couldn't believe you said iron with I figured Mammoth would give it away, but you said you said iron with Rigid. I was pretty impressed mm-hmm. with
0: that. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe I didn't get to giant. You idiot, Cody. See
1: <laughs> You said gigantic.
0: Yeah. God damn it. Yeah, that's so I um <clears throat> I uh I'm never whenever the whenever it's a game and the pressure's on, I'm dumber. That that I I'm honestly <laughs> that happens. That happens to me. Um, so I'm, uh, I guess I got to say I'm a, I'm a loser here, um, of the, uh, of the game. Oh, I had a new loser sounder and I, no, there it is. Loser, loser. There you go.
1: You've um, had that one. That's not new.
0: Well, that's from the sports show, but I've never used it on this because usually when I lose games, I
1: oh.
0: lose. But instead, uh, this week I am, loser,
1: loser.
0: I am a loser of the thesaurus theater, the iron giant, Uh, big vin diesel episode today i love it
1: (laughs) it's true vincast vincast
0: thesaurus early favorite for the show title vincast (laughs) (laughs) all right let's get into this week's highly anticipated edition of we missed the boat oh All right, very excited to hear how this one went. Uh, Differently from other weeks, uh, we already know what Seth watched, as he uh, prefaced it last week, but he got to see it in a kick-ass format. I want to hear all about your experience.
1: I did. I got to watch 2001 Space Odyssey on my phone. It was pretty cool. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah, I mentioned last week I had the opportunity to go to Chicago to visit uh, newest um, uh, supporter uh, of of the podcast on Anchor, uh, Anna Swanson. Uh, nice. We uh, <laughs> we got to go to um, to along with along with her lovely boyfriend Tom, of course. Uh, who he's a, he's a gentleman. Uh, he probably won't listen to this, but uh, got to go to to see 2001: A Space Odyssey in 70 uh, millimeter, which was really cool. Um, never had the opportunity to see anything in that format, so that was pretty neat. Um, we saw it in like a actual like theater where they you know have like plays and stuff and walked in and there's like an organ playing some music and uh, so that was pretty neat and then they had like an overture going into it so I don't know if that's something that the movie actually has or not but uh, there's like an overture going into it there's an intermission in the middle of it which is interesting uh, I've never gone to a movie with an intermission in the middle of it so that was kind of cool uh, allowed, allowed, some, allowed for some refreshments of the, the beer which was nice and then uh, you know had another overture and, and it was a really cool way to see a movie if I could go to more movies like that uh, with an intermission in the middle, I totally would. That'd be great. Um, but uh, the movie itself was absolutely a really cool experience, incredible experience. Um, Seventy millimeter is like, I I don't know. Have you seen a movie like that before? I don't think I have. Um, especially with a movie that was in the sixties that you made in the sixties, it was really interesting to see. I mean, it looked it looked high def without being high def. Like it the the like you could see their pores very clearly. Um, it looked like very deep. Like the colors are very deep and rich. Like there's a lot of red in that movie, and with all the the stuff in red, it was like really, like just it was very like a super deep red, and and um, it just like vibrant without being like neon cut like it was really interesting it was so cool to see it like that um though there wasn't like a ton of grain to it so it didn't look like it looked like the movie was made now other than like the costumes and stuff like that it looked like the movie was made now like it it just really was cool to see like all of the, and, and then like obviously like some of the way the stuff was shot like some of the space stations and ships and things like that like i think even seeing it in normal format would look still very like modern and, and look like, good effects, but seeing it in that format, it just looked all so real, like it was, it was such a cool thing to see, um, the movie itself is wild, I mean, it's, it's, it's out there with a lot of its themes, and, and, uh, it, basically the way that they showed it, again, with the intermission, like, it was all very, like, slow, like, the first hour and an hour or so, hour and a half or so, it was, like, very slow, and, like, just a lot of, like, long, drawn-out shots, and, um, in, like, music was, like, well in that theater was super loud, but you know, it has the, the Ric Flair entrance music for the, for the theme, <laughs> which I, which I knew going into it, but, um, you no, know, so, you know, it, of course has a lot of themes, but again, very long and long and drawn. And then the second half, when it comes back, like as soon as it comes back from the intermission, um, just like that's when the movie picks up so quickly. And like the next thing I knew, the movie was over because it was just so fast at that point. So that was a really cool way to see it. But, um, I mean it again goes some crazy places it's it's got a lot of themes to it a lot of like evolutionary themes things like that um and then again other than the the costumes it just felt very still very modern and, and very um like it could exist now so uh, again I really did enjoy it uh, if you can ever see any movie in 70mm I would say go do it but this was probably the best one to see in 70mm 70, 70 so my experience was um, definitely heightened even past what most people get to. So, um, and it was actually, I don't know if you, I don't know if you'd ever get to see this movie outside in 70 millimeter outside of Chicago, because they, this theater, the music box theater said they, they're, they're the only one that they know that has a print like that. And they made it themselves. They, they turned it to 70 millimeter themselves. So, wow. um, again, really cool, uh, really, really cool experience.
0: You know, I'm, I'm really glad you saw it that way. Um, because you're right. The, the, the first part of this movie is very, very slow, and not a lot of people stick around for for what I think are the more, um, the more obviously entertaining parts in the second half. Um, and it's a long movie, and it's driven a lot by the score, but I'm so glad you got to see it that way specifically because um, it's fucking epic. I think we talked last week about um, reading things in addition to having watched them, Uh, one really interesting case of this is the book, 2001 A Space Odyssey. The movie was written alongside the book, actually. They were being developed at the same time. And so as much as any movie you're going to see based on a book, they take everything pretty much exactly out of the book. And it provides context uh, for some of the shit that's really confusing in this movie, Um, specifically the ending, is a lot easier to understand if you've read the book. Um, so if you, if people out there or you, Seth, want to dive deeper into that and learn more, the book is a, is a good read. Um, but, uh, the movie is one, I, I more than anything, I, I was never certain you were going to really love this movie, uh, which is why I'm really glad that you caught it this way. But I think it's one of those movies everyone should, should see, especially people like us who say that they're film critics or some version of that. Um, cause this, I mean, this is masterwork from Kubrick and to think that this was done What? 50 years ago now like and you talk about yeah the film does a lot of the work and the format does a lot of the work in terms of making it look realistic but a lot of the shit just really holds up and uh, there's some like there's a one-on shot of a guy running up around a gravity uh, zero gravity like room that's upside down and to think about like how they shot that practically back then is really fascinating. So as much as anything, it's like a history lesson in film uh, to watch, watch what Kubrick does here. But I also just think it's really fucking incredible. So um, <laughs> glad that you enjoyed um, it, especially due to the format. I'm so jealous you got to see it that way. All right. So especially if you can get to it in large format, check out 2001 A Space Odyssey. Uh, if you want to watch it at home, it's available. Uh, you can rent it anytime. So uh, check that one out. And Seth has now checked a movie off of his... We missed the boat list, and I need to make a replacement. Uh, this is one actually that I've been looking forward to passing on to you because I think that you'll enjoy it. Uh, it's a pretty wacky movie. I don't think you've seen this. Uh, being John Malkovich.
1: I have not seen it.
0: Okay, good. This is uh, so, being John Malkovich, the, the basic premise is John Cusack uh, plays a character who essentially accidentally discovers a portal into the mind of the actual guy, John Malkovich. Uh-huh. And uh, it's a Spike Jones movie. It's very um, weird, like it's very um, quirky. I guess would be the way I would describe it. Uh, very funny, I think, but a, a quirky type of funny. It it reminds me kind of of a Cohen Brothers movie, but if the Cohen Brothers smoked more pot. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm hoping you'll enjoy it. I would say enjoy some recreational beverages or, or whatever of your choice. Um, and, and go in ready to laugh at this one. I think you'll enjoy it. It's got some, it's got some funny and interesting things in it. Um, Spike so, Jones, who, uh, I know you liked her. Um, so this mm-hmm. is a, this is another attempt for Spike Jones with you.
1: And John Malkovich, um, well, he was in, uh, uh, another Coen Brothers one that I watched, uh, the, the, the Burn After Reading. Yep. Um, but he, so back when I was doing classes, um, I had to do a, a class that, Basically, it was like doing a bunch of book reports, but one of them was uh, Breakfast of Champions, which is uh, a Kurt Vonnegut book, and yeah. John Malkovich, instead of reading it, I did the audiobook, and John Malkovich did the, uh, did, did the he read it, he read the audiobook for it, and so his voice is very, like, I know his voice more than I know like him and acting and stuff, and his mm-hmm. voice was really strange to hear read that book, because it's Kurt Vonnegut, and it's weird and stuff, and it goes in and out of like um, like breaking the fourth wall and that type of thing. And so I just have this weird, like, I could hear John Malkovich's voice. Like, just, you say his name and I hear his voice. And so, with the John, with, the, with the Kurt Vonnegut book and all that, it's like, he, his voice is just associated with weird things for me. So, um, this will be an interesting to watch. Interesting one to watch, I think.
0: Yeah, this will fit right in. Uh, also, co-stars um, Catherine Keener, who is the mom in Get Out. And uh, Mm -hmm. also uh, Steve Carell's Love Interest and 40-Year-Old Virgin. So this is before all of that. So she looks really young in this. um, And she's an interesting kind of character. All the characters are interesting and wacky. Cameron Diaz also, I forgot, um, she is in this as well. So uh, it's one I like. I've I've seen it a few times. So I, I think you'll enjoy it when you check it out. All right. So next week I will be returning to We Missed the Boat and reviewing... Uh, one of my five movies. Let's see what I've got on the list here. Uh, I've got Toy Story 3, Young Adult, Mall Rats, I, Tanya, and Waves. Um, I don't know which way I'll go with this, but I'll probably, I'm catching a couple planes, so I'll probably watch something on there. Um, And then in two weeks, Seth will be back to uh, check something off of his list of five. What have you got right now in addition to being John Malkovich? Uh,
1: Silence of the Lambs, V V for Vendetta, The Game, Catch me if you can, and then the being John Malkovich. You just added, so uh, it's not like a lot, a lot of fun, like vibrant movies we got going on there. Stuff, you know, easy, easy watching.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a <laughs> perhaps, perhaps that list of five, as much as any list of five you've had in the past, is like. Yeah, have you seen on Twitter? It's like five movies to describe me. Have you seen that? What <laughs> we're doing? Yeah. I think this this is pretty close to being that. Um, they wouldn't be the best five. Like they wouldn't be my first five, but I think those, that pretty well describes my taste in movies, I would say. Um, <laughs> so you're on the right track there. Um, all right. So come on back next week to hear my review of, of one of these films. in we missed the boat. Oh, I'm on a boat.
1: Hey. You're going to need a bigger boat.
0: All right, folks. Uh, let's see 2001 a space odyssey from a thousand years ago, but let's, Let's uh, let's review some movies that are just a couple days old here.
1: Mom, what do you think? I love it. I hated it.
0: So for the second week in a row, uh, I, the only movie I went to is one that you've already reviewed on this show. <laughs> uh, so I will just quickly add my two cents uh, to your review from last week of the film *Onward*. Huh. This I I think so. I won't be too long-winded about this, but I'll say I'm pretty sure Onwards is my favorite movie that I've seen this year. Um, It's, I mean, this is Pixar just nailing it again. Um, Some of the things you touched on last week were were how visually awesome it is, and oh God, is it visually just so choice. You forget you're watching a cartoon a lot of the time. It just Uh looks like they're in a real world, uh, which is interesting. Uh, The themes of this are so awesome. You know, they're, they're looking for, or they're trying to, trying to get the dad back um, who's passed away to talk to him. And you've got the brother connection. And um, you know, the um, this was interesting. And I didn't realize this going in, but uh, one of one of our good friends, um, so actually a few, a couple of our good friends um, lost their dad when we were kids. And, and I was thinking about that the whole time in this movie. And uh, mm-hmm. when you talk about a wet Cody, I, I had to come up with a new term uh, I, I was wet chested this time. So oh, God. that is even more, even more moisture, uh, on co I, I cried you, all the way home after this movie, man. Oh, it was, uh,
1: you gotta, I can understand crying a lot, but like you gotta, you, at a certain point you kind of gotta like, you know, manage yourself. <laughs> you can't, can't just <laughs> let it go. If, if, well, if you have a, if, if you go onto wet balls, I think you need you really need to <laughs> fucking figure some things out with your life.
0: I don't know, man. I, I, it was. I, I, I I caught it on a day in Italy that I was pretty emotionally raw. Like, I, the Mulan trailer also made me start to cry. Um, (laughs) And I, I don't. I'm probably the only one doing that. Uh, (laughs) But Pixar has always been so good at playing with your emotions in a way that feels good. And this is more of that. The world building. The there's some cool action in this. It's funny. Uh, It's obviously got uh, themes that are meaningful. This is, I mean, this is vintage Pixar. This is as good as anything else I've seen from them. Uh, it was reminiscent for me of Coco, which is the last Pixar movie I saw. I don't know if it's the last one they put out, um, but it felt a lot like that. Explores a lot of new stuff. And uh, there were some moments in this movie where I was like cheering. And I was, I told you, I was alone in this theater and I was like cheering <laughs> the parts. And this is, uh, I, so far this year, I'm comfortable saying this is my favorite movie that I've seen. Um and, uh, yeah, I, I, you, 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 weren't as hyperbolic as I, I like to be last week. So I wanted to add that, uh, for, for this week, uh, just yeah. to let the folks know Cody got his tear on again, uh, which is probably surprising people less and less every time I say it, but, uh, you know, yeah. whatever, <laughs> um, I, that's the only thing I saw. I was hoping to get to more this weekend, but you, uh, Seth, you caught a couple of new releases from the weekend and, and interesting to hear what you thought of these.
1: Yeah, I'll start quickly with the one that I wasn't quite as fond of, but I didn't think it was a bad movie, and I'll explain in a second. So that's Emma. Um, this is one. So it's a it's a, another remake of uh, is it Jane Austen. Is that who it's based off of? I think I think so. Uh, her books, one of her books. Um, and uh, it stars Anya Taylor Joy, who plays Emma. Um, she basically is like in this movie. She's like a, a kind of like a, a matchmaker type. She's like Hitch. She's basically like an 1800s uh, uh, British Hitch, um, and she's trying to trying to set up um, uh, her friends with someone that she really likes. And and it, it's Hitch. I mean, it really is Hitch. Um, but it's just British. <laughs> and and uh, you know. I, well, what I'll say about it, so, I mean, it does have, like, a fun, light aesthetic tone to it. Got some really fun music to it. Um, you definitely feel like you're in, you know, that that time period. Um, it's got some funny moments. There's some really funny, like, uh, just, like, situational-type jokes in it. Um, and I think that Ani Taylor-Joy is, is fantastic. I mean, all the performances are really good, but she's fantastic. I really like her as an actress. She's done a lot of different roles. Uh, you know, I watched Thoroughbreds for um the we missed the boat not too long ago she's great in in uh glass and and uh, split as well um, not somewhat not as much in glass but i liked her in split a lot uh, but overall she's a great actress and she's going to continue to do some really good things i think in the future the movie itself though it's just not a movie for me i i'm not a fan of british period piece movies um especially like this type of like it's you know romance type thing um I get there's a lot of things to enjoy about it and I think a lot of people will like this movie a lot and I, it's not that I disliked it it just wasn't something I you know walked out of being like I really liked it you know it was it was a movie um if you know it's it, again not for me it's not a movie I typically enjoy but I'm glad I at least went to check it out and you know give it a shot because there's stuff to like about it there's enjoyable moments in it um it just wasn't for me. So I again, there's gonna be a lot of people who like it. If you like English period piece, British period piece dramas or comedies, I wouldn't really say it's much of a drama. It's more like a dramedy type thing. Um, I I think you'd like it, but otherwise, you know, if that's not your cup of tea, then I don't think it's gonna do anything to change it. I think like something like The Favorite, um, that's you know still a you know a British period piece, the 1800s type thing, but I think it. Did something different. It had some different themes to it. It had a different tone to it. Um, had some, you know, obviously I had like Emma Stone and uh, Olivia Coleman and, and Rachel Wise in it. So it had like a little bit more prestige in terms of the actors in it. And it had, I think the director of The Lobster did that one. So like it had just some like different themes and weird stuff to it. And it kind of did some stuff differently. Whereas Emma, to me, didn't really do anything different. What it did do, it did well. But, you know, for that type of movie, but it didn't do enough different for me to be like, oh, I really like that. It just was, you know, it was what it was and people are going to like it and it's getting good reviews. I understand why. Just not for me.
0: Yeah, I get that. I I, I didn't I I'm interested in this I, I, as a as something that specifically is outside of my typical uh, what I would gravitate towards. So hearing you say that it's, mm-hmm. it's not probably going to change a lot of minds, this might be one that I wait on. Um, Mm -hmm. but I really do like Anya Taylor-Joy. Uh, really excited to see her in New Mutants, uh, if they ever actually release that. Um, (laughs) but, uh, she's been good, but I, I've only really ever seen her in like quiet, like alty type roles. And so, um, is she, is she like more upbeat and happy in this? Like, does she smile? Yep. She.
1: I mean, she's, she's, I mean, she's sarcastic and, and that type of thing. You know, she's, she's very like, uh, um, yeah, I guess sarcastic's probably a good way to do it. Uh, say it, you know. She's she's different though. She's very different than what you've seen her in.
0: Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, because that's the one thing I was I was worried about with her. I was like, oh, is she just like mumblecore? Is that her thing? Um, mm-hmm. But uh, hearing that she's stretching her legs a little bit makes me happy. But this is one, yeah. That, that I think I'm not a I'm not a fancy dress movie person either. So I may I may wait on this, but interested to to see it when eventually I do get to it. Um, and uh, you've got a, a second movie here, and I am so intrigued, because this is a movie that at times I've thought looks great, and at times I've thought looks like butt. so I'm excited to hear where you landed.
1: Yeah, so The Way Back, uh, which is like probably the 19th movie with that title that's come <laughs> out, um, so, um, but the, the Way Back, Ben Affleck, um, I think G- Gareth Edwards or Evans, I can't remember his name, but he did the director of Warrior, um, whoever did Warrior. Uh, is the same director here. So he's had a lot of hit or misses. Like Warriors is probably his best one, but he's had a lot of misses out there too. Um, for this one though, I thought this was a hit for him. I, I did enjoy The Way Back. Um, you know, I, I am a big Ben Affleck fan, so I, I was already coming in for, hoping to, to enjoy this one. And I did. Uh, I did mention earlier, there's these motherfucking morons who are sitting to the left of me who would not stop talking after I gave them lots of looks and said, shh, and told them to call i snapped at them i did a lot of things and they would not shut the fuck up um so even through all that i was getting pissed but i still really enjoy this movie and that's part of why i didn't get up to go talk to someone is because i wanted to keep watching the movie um but basically ben affleck is uh he's an alcoholic he's gone through some rough times um in his life uh, some losses divorce things like that um former high school basketball star at a um ba- kind of like a, a a religious school type thing and uh, again falling on some hard times and gets offered the position of basketball coach and this, this team hasn't been good since he played basketball there and so he's coming in there to to really change things up and bring his style to it and his style is obviously like more vulgar and he's an alcoholic so he's kind of off flying off the handle and things like that um, but of course, I mean, it, 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 with it being a basketball sports drama, cause that's really what a, a good chunk of this movie is, is, you know, a sports drama, you know, basically a rags to riches type story. You've seen it before, but I think they do it very well here in that, um, they don't, they don't pull a ton of punches in terms of like the language and, and, you know, like talking about you know, religion a bit and things like that. Um, but then they also don't entirely focus on on the sports side of it, you know, that they do go into the personal side of it with Ben Affleck and, and show you like the consequences, consequences of making decisions. And it's not necessarily always a, you know, a happy movie, you know, it kind of takes some chances and, and go some different places. Um, ben Affleck is fantastic in it. Uh, you know, you've seen him in a million things and he still, you know, d- d- continues to like disappear in these type of roles. You know, you can tell this one he really cared about because he, you know, he, he does totally disappear into it and, um, I just continue to respect him as an actor and I, I, I love seeing him uh, do his work. So um, Ben Affleck's great. Uh, the basketball part of it is awesome. Um, I, I was really bought into to the basketball stuff. I mean, think, you know, Coach Carter and stuff like that. It, it's got that same type of like, you know, just feel to it. Like you're really rooting for these kids and wanting them to do well. And, you know, they all, there's different kids with different personalities on the team and they all kind of go in, into that a bit. There's one kid that's like they focus on the most, but um, they all kind of have their own, their own little part to play in it. Um, you, you buy into their relationship with, that he has with the kids. Um, that, that's, that's a strong part of the movie. Um, and, and you really buy into it and, and believe that he cares for them and they care for him. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just, I think it's a really, it's, it's a solid sports drama, um, w- mixed in with a, you know, a, an alcoholic story that, you know, doesn't necessarily, you know, show you the, just, just the, you know like the the triumphant moments it shows you all the 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 bad moments too and it doesn't shy away from giving you too many too many bad moments you know it it, it tries to show what you know that that of alcoholism is like so um, I I really did enjoy this movie a lot. Even through the, I think I would have probably enjoyed it more if it wasn't for those fucking idiots next to me. But I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I would recommend this one. I think it's it fits perfectly for what it what it set out, sets out to do. It's a good movie for this time of year. You don't get a lot of you know some of these. Normally, when a movie comes out this time of year, you think it's going to be, you know, maybe cheesy or bad. And I don't think this one's cheesy. You know, there's, again, some moments, but I don't think it's a cheesy movie. I think they really do a good job of making it honest. So I'd recommend this one. I I really did enjoy it quite a bit.
0: This is good. This is really glad to hear because what I exactly what you just said is what I was worried about, that it was going to be overly cheesy and it was going to make Ben Affleck look bad. And Ben Affleck has had such a weird kind of up and down career in terms of movies that are terribly cheesy, like The Accountant. I really didn't like of his. Same director, uh, Gavin O'Connor is the guy's name. Gavin um, O'Connor, that's who it is. Yep, and he did Miracle, uh, the hockey movie. Yeah. So um, I just I did a quick Google of him. It's, it seems like he's kind of the sports. Movie guy, uh, at least some mm-hmm. people think so. So uh, glad to hear that Affleck is better in this. Uh, and I may, I may gravitate. I've been kind of waiting to hear what people say about this, and it's in the eighties on tomatoes as well. So I may get mm-hmm. out and and see this. Uh, you know, and, and I know it's going to still be in theaters for a little bit. So your your review has encouraged me to actually go see this.
1: And I I think you'll like the basketball side of it because they do go into like it's not it's not one of the stories of like you're all you know you're all more talented than the other team you just need to unlock that potential type thing it's like they talk about like you're not good as good as these players but here's what we can do like they use a lot of coaching and like um strategy like it's it's very much like you know he and it again it kind of has that savior where he comes in and saves the team but at the same time it's like he uses like logical stuff like size and and things like that to talk about the other team and like make make it seem make sense to why they could actually beat some of these better teams so um, I I liked that a lot like hearing the talk through the basketball strategy of it all and then um, you know all the other stuff around it is is really good too so I think you'll you'll particularly like some of the basketball stuff though.
0: I do love basketball stuff Um, and I like it when a movie actually gets into some of the actual X's and O's and doesn't just say like you're right because other movies would say heart is why you win and it's fucking not it's not you're not typically not as talented as the other guys you gotta have X's and O's so um, that's intriguing. I, I am gonna, I'm gonna move this higher up on my list and try to get to see this sometime soon. I like it. Good stuff. So Onward, The Way Back and Emma are available now in theaters. You can check all those out and, um, uh, let us know what you think. Again, on Facebook and Twitter at Soko Show Pod. Mom, what do you think? I love it. <laughs> I hated it. All righty. Um, we are almost finished. With the show here, but before we go, you know we got to give you one more thing. But I'm down to one, but one more thing. So I this weekend uh, am going to be headed down to Austin, Texas, uh, to tell some jokes. Uh, and I, I, I don't know if any of our listeners are in the Austin, Texas area, but if you are, uh, look look my name up. Um, or but hit if the, you are, I'm link. sure
1: I'm sure you're offended by the Austin, Texas the thing Austin. that you just did.
0: <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Show up to kick my ass for that terrible impression. um, At, uh, at, uh, I think it's called five one two brewing, um, is the, the location. So uh, I'll link to the show in the description box in case people want to check it out and get tickets. Um, so I'm, I'm hitting the road for the first time. Uh, it'd be my, my, my first, uh, road show. So excited for that, uh, hosting for a great comic, uh, out here out of bend, who's going down to shoot a special. So I'll get some good tape from it as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's it. Come find me. Come find me. Come see my jokes.
1: that will be fun. Have you been to Texas before? Oh, yeah, you have. You went for work not too I long ju- ago. Yeah, but
0: first, my first time really, I, I've been through the airport in years past, but, um, my first actual time spent in Texas was, was in January. So it's like, I I spent 28, 20, or yeah, 28 years of my life never going to Texas. And now I've gone twice in the last six weeks. So <laughs> it's been, it's funny how but this one will out. be.
1: This one will be a little bit more leisurely for you, though, so you'll get to kind of explore a few more things. So that's right. Um, that'll yeah. be that'll be fun. Um, mine is uh, my one more thing is talking about something I just did. I mentioned I went to Chicago, and and so of course went to the movie. Um, again, can't stress enough. Go like I. They were playing Interstellar uh, soon there, and I after seeing uh, 2001 in 70 millimeter, I so badly wanted to see Interstellar in 70 mil- millimeter. <sighs> like that would be a completely different experience. But. Um, Was not, uh, it was not available at that time, but um, along with that, uh, the next night got to go to uh, the Second City, which is a comedy club that does comedy shows, and and, uh, a lot of big people from, you know, the the Chicago area uh, have come out of there, Um, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, um, uh, Camille... Kamel Nanjiani came out of there. A lot, a lot of people, you know, um, have have done some shows there and things like that. And so I know you've done it, you've gone before, but uh, I've got got to see like a sketch show. Um, basically, it was like their version of Saturday Night Live, uh, and it was a lot of fun. They mixed in some music and some improv and some random fun sketches that kind of like had a lot of misdirection comedy in them, which is, it's something I always love. Um, but if you ever get a chance to go to a show, definitely do it. Um, they. they part of what they did for us, it was a long show. They did like three acts went from like 11 PM to like two in the morning. Uh, so it was a lot of fun. And, and their final act, they worked out some stuff for their new show. They have coming up uh, and, and they had like scripts and stuff like that, but they were working through some stuff and the kind of works workshop and some things. And that was a cool process to see um, all of it was just really neat. Some really funny people that, that I could definitely see, you know, having a, a, a future. Um, a lot of people like you can kind of compare to SNL, but like, like there's a guy who was like Alex Moffitt who reminded me of Alex Moffitt um, just like there's some uh, like really fun interesting personalities that came out of it and, and were like consistently making people laugh so um, it was it was a blast if you ever in the Chicago area can get to a Second City show uh, definitely 100% do it it was a great time
0: nice I like it yeah I can second that recommend Second City is super dope uh, check them out those and it's always shit is always funnier live that's like whether it's stand up comedy or, or sketches or improv or whatever it's always better live um, so go see live comedy wherever you are but if you're in Chicago go do it at Second City alright so Chicago and, and, and Austin Texas <laughs> this week in one more thing <laughs> but I'm down to one more Before we actually wrap things up, also want to give a huge shout out to our good buddy. At
1: Jared Buckendall.
0: 3,000 subscribers now on YouTube. Big milestone uh, for the boy JB. Uh, Very excited to uh, buy you a beer in Austin and we'll celebrate uh, your 3,000th, also had a hilarious video <laughs> announcing his 3,000th subscriber. Did you see that one, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. If you, if you don't follow Jared uh, on Facebook or Twitter, at Jared Buckendall, you're making a mistake. Uh, in addition to his great content on YouTube, he's, he also just puts out good shit on social media. So, uh, shouts out to you, Jared. Congrats on 3,000, and uh, cheers to to 3,000 more. And with that, guys, we're going to wrap things up. Of course, don't forget to hit the description box for links to all of our sponsors uh, and also uh, link over there to our anchor page. Please become a contributor if you can. Uh, help us improve the show. Shouts out to our current contributors, Anna Swanson, who was newly added, uh, as well as Mike V., Jared B., and Casey C. We certainly appreciate all the support. Uh, and all, for all of those who are not, uh, contributors yet uh, just keep listening to the show keep sharing us out with folks every listen helps us out so we certainly appreciate that all right folks well uh that is going to do it for this episode of the show soco show it's been number 135 uh great stuff as always uh and yeah we're gonna we're gonna wrap things up there i've been the co-host cody michael he's the So host, seth Ott, and we will see you next week bye UGH <clears throat>